Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 25. When you think of the work of a speech pathologist, what comes to mind? Most people would think of a speech pathologist as someone who could help Daffy Duck say suffering succotash without a lisp. And that is part of speech pathology. But as you'll find out in this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, the profession goes way beyond that. Today's guest is Judy Messias Harris, the founder of Logopedia Speech Therapy Services and the inventor of the Light Brush, a patented intraoral LED device addressing oral bacteria. Judy is a speech pathologist who specializes in swallowing disorders. And as you'll see, there are very real connections between the way you swallow and your risk of counterfeit sleep. Listen now to find out the surprising relationship between swallowing and sleep. How focusing on nice white teeth can increase your risk of counterfeit sleep, and the one behavior you must avoid during exercise if you want to achieve high-performance sleep. And of course, it's a behavior most people do. And after you listen to this episode, check out episode 10 with Dr. Mina Kim to understand inflammation and counterfeit sleep. In fact, Subscribe to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast so you get every episode of eye-opening solutions to common problems. Let's listen in to join the conversation with Judy now. Hello, Judy, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Hey, Tara, how are you? Thank you for having me. I am very well, and thank you for coming on with us today. (laughs) Um, You know, we've had an opportunity to talk, um, you know, at different times. And so I'm really glad to have a chance to talk to you again today here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. So much of what you do really impacts, um, you know, it's directly relevant to people's sleep. And I think it's a big piece that is a part of the puzzle that we're, uh, that many people are overlooking. So I really think this will help a lot of people. Um, and we had a, a, a naturopath on the podcast, uh, Dr. Mina Kim. Uh, she was back in the springtime, episode 10, actually. And she talked quite a bit about um, how, uh, you know, gut health and, and seasonal allergies uh, come into, you know, into play and how it all leads to inflammation. And once you get inflammation, it really is a a, a trigger uh, essentially for, uh, for counterfeit sleep. 
And so I know there's some overlap with that, with what you talk about, but you have even a much more focused, much more direct kind of um, <laughs> angle. And so I'd love to, if we could talk about that, if you can tell us, you know, first of all, tell what, what you do, because like I said, it's very, uh, it's a very specific niche. And tell us a little bit about how you got to doing, you know, what you're doing now in terms of uh, what we call oral cavity health, right? The health of your mouth. And then, uh, and, and if we end up with um, some takeaways for some people, that would be really great. So can you get us started telling us, you know, about sure. your niche? <laughs> so uh, I'm a speech language pathologist and I specialize in swallowing disorders. And um, I, I work with a very discreet population of, which I call fragile, uh, fragile population. So I typically work with people that um, have sensory disorders or some jaw malformations. Uh, sometimes they have syndromes or um, are intubated and I work with them after they've been intubated. And I'm also a mother to a son with autism. And so for whatever reason, they both seem to merge because uh, as, a, as a swallowing specialist, I have to pay attention to how lungs function. So the lungs sit here, that's my, my focal point, and I have to pay attention to two pathways. One is the oral pathway, so what enters the mouth that goes into the airway, and the other one is the esophageal uh, pathway, which is the, the tube that comes up from the gut. So, so the like the esophagus, like if people, yes. if people who aren't as familiar, okay. Yes, and so either way, either pathway leads to the lungs and anything that disrupts lungs, the lung function will disrupt swallowing disorders or will it, it will initiate a swallowing disorder. Really? Mm -hmm. And why is that? <laughs> so most people think that swallowing is a one, one way pathway from the mouth to the airway, I'm sorry, from the mouth to the lungs, but it's actually twofold. It's, it's a pressure system like, like how, it, how water drains down a sink. Uh -huh. So when you have your sinkhole, it sits here, but you have a system of pressure happening above the sinkhole and then a whole system of pressure happening below so it can pull. Well, mm -hmm. swallowing like that. And, uh, but, you know, the biggest problem with swallowing disorders is not really what goes through the mouth and down into the lungs. It's actually what comes from the gut up. Yeah, like... Way. Would that be like a, a lot of people talk about like reflux or would know the term reflux or even mm -hmm. even the old heartburn term that was more commonly used, all of that would be related yes. to yes. your mm -hmm. swallow. So that's really interesting, actually, because I'm, I'm even though I know a lot about this, I'm not sure I've ever thought about it in that particular way. But as as a speech and language pathologist um, that and, and with your specific niche within speech and language pathology, you're saying that a lot uh, the the gut trouble like that is really happening based on how you swallow. Correct. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yes. In fact, there's a doctor. His name is Dr. Stephen Lynn, and he he's kind of highlighted the, the connection with the mouth and gut. And he calls it the mouth gut axis. Mm -hmm. And he pretty much characterizes how this whole relationship works. And he pretty much says that the, um, the, the gut is like a flowing water and the mouth is a source of the water. And so if the gut is contaminated in any way, unfortunately, the recipient of that will be the mouth. 
Wow. Okay. So that's really interesting. And did you say Stephen Lynn? The, uh, okay. So he's the, the author of the dental diet, yes, right? Yes. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. That's yes. a great book for people to look at if they're dealing with any of these, uh, these issues too. What I love what you're saying right now is that you are connecting the dots, which we love to do here on the, on the Cannabis Sleep yes. podcast, really bring those together for people. Okay. Awesome. So, so tell us a little more that can you, can you take a, Give us like maybe the 30,000 foot overview on, on what you mean when you say if you have a swallow problem, because I think, I think a lot more of us have a swallow problem than we realize. And, mm. um, and I think it's a case of like, that's how I've been doing it. I've never thought about it. It's almost like breathing, right? You're like, it's just mm. how I do it. And I don't <laughs> think about it. And it is creating these challenges but you don't necessarily connect it to the actual swallowing. So, so again, can you just give us like a little, a little window into what that means, a swallowing problem, dysfunction? Absolutely. So everybody does something called aspiration. And so aspiration means that you just swallow a little funky, a little wonky, and it causes you to cough. But anytime we do that, uh, whatever we ingested or we or came up through emesis or regurgitation actually ends in the lungs. It lands into this uh, the spongy area of the soft tissues there. So unfortunately, just, whatever- So you're saying whatever, whatever goes down or whatever comes up is impacting the lungs there, right? Correct. Okay, yes. okay. And so, um, and so both pathways, the mouth and the gut contain bacteria. So whenever you miss swallow or you have regurgitation, uh, with it is bacteria. And uh, when you swallow this way from here going down into the to the lungs, you actually have some protective mechanisms to stop something from entering. So that could be like a cough or a, you can clear your throat or, you know, your body here has uh, protective mechanisms, but from the gut, it does not. So mm. unfortunately, when things come up from the gut, it just is automatically going to spill into the airway. So wow. the concern is, you know, the bacteria coming from the gut because it's the gut literally handles the vast majority of bacteria that we, from nutritional things that we eat or, wow. uh, you know, stress-related things. The gut is a brain system in itself. And, and you know, I recently saw a show on Netflix called The Human World, um, The Body Within. Mm-hmm. And episode four really gave a great description of, of the gut being a brain system and the source of inflammatory uh, inflammation. And it really talked about how the whole gut works in keeping our our immune system functioning. Mm, Yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I think um, we've had an explosion of understanding, I guess I would call it over the past few years about just how critical gut health is to our immune system functioning. I think they say even like 80% of the immune system is in the gut, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And so, yeah. And I think it's another thing with, of it's, it's relatively new. Uh, and, and so a lot of people just haven't learned about it yet. So watching a series like you just mentioned would be uh, awesome to kind of help mm-hmm. people I mean, and I think especially now while um, we're dealing with all of the pandemic living conditions um, and people are trying to figure out what they can do to kind of be healthier, right? So if we start thinking about our guts as a place of, um, you know, that we really want to keep healthy because it impacts, it's our immune system, essentially, uh, then it, I think it, it moves, it kind of makes it more important, makes us think 
a little more about it. So, so that's, that's really interesting about like, like we were saying about it being a two-way system mm -hmm. and let's just go back for a second, unpack. You said, you know, when, when, when we put something into our mouths, we have some protective mechanisms, right? So mm -hmm. even like, I guess the gag reflex, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, so it doesn't go down into the old windpipe as we used to call it, or right. the airway as we call it now, right? right? It's mm -hmm. not good. We're not going to get direct access into the lungs. Hopefully right. we have <laughs> some built-in safeguards, but you're saying the other way, once it's, once the food is in the gut, there's no way to stop it from, uh, there's no protective mechanism that way uh, from the bottom up. Okay, mm -hmm. wow. So let me ask you this then, and I know this gets uh, more, this is something that we've talked about. I know uh, when you talk about oral cavity health and, and, and uh, all of that, you're, um, you have a very unique, not unique, but a very uh, developed, a very strong, <laughs> you're very passionate about the health of our our mouths and mm -hmm. stuff. So can we, can we talk a little bit about that then tying it into sure. you know, what you were just talking about there? Sure. So a lot of times when we think about oral cavity health, we really associate it with something more aesthetic, like teeth whitening, uh, a pretty smile, that kind of stuff. But when we look past the smile, we really have to pay attention to three, three factors. One has to do with nutrition. The other one has to do how we breathe. Uh, you know, including how the, our, the gut of our health, how, it's, how our gut is functioning, and of course, how are we brushing our teeth? Mm. So, so, you know, a lot of us overlook those underlying factors, but those are the reasons why someone would have perhaps early periodontal disease, gingivitis, even things that we don't talk a lot about, but is out there like tonsil stones. Uh, you can also have a lot of um, thrush in the throat. You know uh, what? Yeah, mm -hmm. let me ask. Let me ask you about that. I just came across that tonsil stones uh, thing a few years ago. I was reading uh, Carol Vander Stope's book, which is amazing in terms mm -hmm. of connecting the dots, but a little bit hard to read. It reads like an encyclopedia. But <laughs> talked about tonsil stones in there. Um, can you just tell us what that is? Because some people may sure. be like, "What? <laughs> what is that?" Yeah. So you know how acne leaves a divot in your skin, and then when it becomes infected, there, uh, you know, you, if you press on that um, skin and all that kind of stuff, would come out of it. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of bacteria that accrues in the in the from the nose and mouth. Um, it can actually kind of um, dig into the soft tissues of the tonsils, and so the tonsils then become like little divots. And in the divot is how is where you house the bacteria. And so typically uh, people will experience signs of ringing of the ears. They'll notice a really foul mouth, uh, almost like halitosis-like breath, uh, some throat discomfort. And um, if, you're, if you're gutsy enough, you can actually uh, you know, press back there. And if you press back onto the tonsil area, you'll, you're gonna actually um, squeeze out. These, yeah. these either hardened calcified bacteria, skin, mucus, yeah, stuff, yeah. or if you catch it in time, you can, it, it looks like toothpaste. It's soft. It's soft. It's a paste like item. Yeah. I can tell so, you that I, I that, uh, back in the throat area yeah. could be tonsil stones. Yeah. So I can tell you the reason that it caught my attention so much when I read it was because I remember having that. I would, I remember specifically one time looking in the mirror with my mouth open and seeing a white spot yes. and I had, you know, endless strep throat and everything. Yes. So I was like, Oh, what's going on now? Yes. 
And I did exactly what you just described. <laughs> I was like, you know, what is that? And I went in there and it came out. It was not calcified yet, thankfully. Mm-hmm. It was a little thicker than toothpaste. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it must have been in there for a while. But I just thought, I, I was like, geez, I guess something must have gotten stuck when I was swallowing. I had no idea about this whole tonsil stone. But mm-hmm. it is a huge indicator of the health of your, you know, your oral cavity if you've got stuff there, you know. Thankfully, I haven't had that in years since I've, <laughs> you know, figured this whole thing out and corrected everything. But yes. that, wow, yeah. And they can actually be exasperated when your when your mouth is open because when your mouth stays open in terms of like um, open mouth breathing or mouth breathing, what we call it. Unfortunately, you're it's it's opening the the largest cavity of the body to receive anything that's uh, within its reach, and so unfortunately, that's going to be a lot of well, fortunately and unfortunately, it's bacteria, but a lot of our mouths stay open at night when we're trying to sleep during sleep. Absolutely, yeah. You know, on that mouth breathing part, yeah, that's a really important thing. First of all, if we think about how, first of all, I think let me start here even we don't really have two ways to breathe, right? right. People think, oh, I'll breathe through my nose or I'll breathe through my mouth, but we Mm -hmm. don't. It really is meant to be, um, we were meant to be exclusive nasal breathers. We we really only have the mouth as a backup Mm -hmm. in case of congestion or, you know, injury where you can or something, but it's not, it's like almost like the donut on a, a car, you know, it'll get, if you get a flat tire and you put the donut on, it'll get you to the gas station, but you're not meant to drive around on that. It's not safe. Right. And Correct. same thing for mouth breathing. And the big thing from my perspective as a breathing specialist mm-hmm. is when you're nasal breathing, the, the air is uh, humidified for you. Sure. It's warmed, it's mm-hmm. filtered. None of that happens when you breathe in through your mouth. No. And, and therefore, like you were saying, we're taking in all this stuff. We're also drying out all the tissue in there, which I don't need to tell you that that creates a, a no, terrible environment for bacteria as Absolutely. well, right? Yeah. You know, I had an opportunity to talk with Dr. Dan Hansen, and I had some questions for him that were really more personal in nature. You know, I've, I've had to deal with reflux for 12 years. It started when I first got pregnant and I was on PPIs for a long time. And unfortunately, it just kept getting worse. So in speaking with him, and I've had to do a lot of work during the pandemic to kind of make sure that I was efficient with breathing through my nose. But when I spoke to Dr. Hansen, he said something that really kind of hit home for me in terms of gut health and that he was talking about the the exchange of nitric oxide and oxygen and this gets really really theoretical but in essence you know we focus a lot on oxygen as an element uh, for blood flow but we also have to respect that it it's paired with nitric oxide so we don't hear a lot about nitric oxide but unfortunately when we breathe through our mouths we're actually breathing in too much oxygen so it causes um, the the throat area to collapse, almost like a straw. So if we got one of those really flimsy straws and we we try to push in a bunch of air, it's gonna collapse. Mm-hmm. Well, he was suggesting that when you breathe through your mouth, that happens too, and that causes symptoms associated with snoring and apnea. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, because it, it when, when you breathe in through your mouth, I always say, look at the size of your nostrils mm-hmm. in comparison to your mouth. There's a huge difference. So you can yes. take in a ton more air through your mouth than you can through your nose. And then the second thing is when you're breathing out, 
Mm-hmm. blowing off a ton of carbon dioxide as well. And right. we don't, we used to think of carbon dioxide as a waste gas, but it really isn't. We need the right ratio mm-hmm. of, of oxygen and carbon dioxide to um, have, you know, everything running as it should be. When we don't have enough carbon dioxide, we get inflammation for sure. And so Correct. that's, Correct. Uh, yeah, I am totally on board with that as well. He talks a lot about um, something called a biochemical response. Um, and so when we're, he talked about when we breathe through our mouth, we are actually taking in too much oxygen and not enough nitric oxide. And cells need both to move hemoglobin, which is uh, uh, the, sor- the cell that helps bring uh, blood sources to the far extremities. So there's not enough, uh, there's not enough nitric oxide to move the, the hemoglobin as far as it needs to go. Yeah, so, well, so that's interesting because I've heard it a little differently. And this mm-hmm. was with Roger Price, who is, uh, oh, yes. you know him, right? I interviewed yeah. him for my book. Do you have a face with O2 space? Learn about this innovative health concept and get time-tested, easy-to-use strategies to help you grow a face with O2 space. You also learn how to determine when you need a professional and which professional you need. You get better sleep when you have a face with O2 space. So go to O2Tara.org and get this essential guide today. Roger Price, who is, uh, oh, yes. you know him, right? I interviewed yes. him for my book um, and he talked about it from a, uh, certainly nitric oxide is critical, right? It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a vasodilator and it helps open yes. things up. Yeah. But he talked about carbon dioxide, and I hope we're not getting too technical, but I'm sure there's some people that are interested, (laughs) hopefully. Um, But he talked about uh, carbon dioxide uh, acting like a debit card. He said, you know, you can be breathing in through your mouth and then throwing off that ratio. You're taking in more oxygen, but without sufficient carbon dioxide, uh, you cannot release the, the, uh, you know, the oxygen from the, the red blood cell into the muscle. So like, you know, sometimes people will be jogging or running a treadmill say, and they get winded. So they start breathing in through the mouth. It's actually, um, like a, you know, a, a disservice to yourself. Cause even though you're taking in more oxygen, you can't actually access it. Cause you're not, uh, you don't, you end up without enough carbon dioxide to help you release the, um, like I said, the oxygen into the tissues. So Actually, yeah, going way back to the- is exactly how Dr. Hansen explained it, but you did a much better job. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that analogy comes from Roger Price. I thought it was a great, uh, a great analogy. I love it. And to really interesting because we don't think about uh, the, the small components, the discrete components that help us function. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a reason for that too, right? I mean, breathing is the only thing that we do all day, every day. So we yes. really need to make it happen automatically and not think about it because we'd never yes. get anything done. Yes, <laughs> right. Correct. But yes. of course, that's what also allows us to develop so many uh, habits that are really counterproductive for mm-hmm. getting good sleep and, um, you know, staying hydrated and having good nutrition, although, mm-hmm. you know, our real basic physiological needs. Wow. Correct. All right. Well, I think we could probably go on talking forever, um, <laughs> but we're coming up on time. I'd like to just ask you, okay. Judy, can you, I know you, you, um, in, 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 like I said, you were, um, 
your real passion for oral cavity health, for the health of the mouth. You've mm -hmm. actually even gone and created a product um, to help. Can you just tell us about that? Because I think it is fantastic. Uh. So the population I work with is at risk for choking or aspiration with traditional methods. So traditional methods include using water, using solvents, and, uh, and unfortunately, a lot of the uh, traditional tools that um, are designed don't fit in tight spaces. So if I have something like a condition of lockjaw where I only have millimeters of space, or maybe I'm intubated with the you know, the tube that goes into the airway to help you breathe, there's not a lot of space in there to clean the mouth, especially in the back. So I invented a toothbrush that uses LED light technology. And it's the light frequencies that disrupt a cell's environment so that way more certain cells that benefit from oxygen can get it, and that reduces the chance for bacteria to grow. So it's just a really fun product. It was designed for folks that cannot benefit from water products or are sensitive to cleaning solvents or things like that. And so when you say water products, you mean like somebody, we might use a water pick, for example, right. to help clean out plaque and whatever, but for somebody who can't do that, mm -hmm. um, then- Or they're your... in a situation where they cannot use that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so then your product would be, would be ideal because the light is going to accomplish what you would have tried to do with the more with another method like the water correct pick. correct right. and it again goes goes and addresses oral cavity health versus the oral cavity whitening of the teeth or our hygiene i'm sorry uh, aesthetics this yes is, this is a cleaning device yeah. yeah and and i know you had mentioned that and we should reiterate that that's a really important distinction because a lot of times when we think about our mouths we think how do our teeth look Right. right. Or, you know, and that's, that's good, but it's really, we have to think about how clean the environment is because as we were kind of saying before, it's the gateway to the gut. Mm -hmm. Right. And right. I, and I think, imagine if you, um, if, 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 do you remember that Seinfeld episode where, where the girlfriend like dropped Jerry's toothbrush <laughs> in the bed and he was like, Woo! Well, what about if we think about that? Would somebody use a toothbrush that had been dropped in the toilet? No way, because of, no. we just know how disgusting that is. Yes. But if you start thinking about the fact that if we haven't maintained the uh, degree of oral cavity health that we really should, whatever is in there, whatever has grown is now going right down into the gut. I think when I think about it like that, it makes me want to go run and floss and brush. <laughs> and and I say yes to that. Yes to flossing. <laughs> you don't want to put that stuff down into your gut. So I think if we start thinking about that, we'll be better off. Um, one more thing for you on the, the um, on your, your toothbrush, your light, uh, what do you call it again? A light? It's called a light brush. Yeah, the light brush. So you mentioned also that you have a, a, a son, I think with autism. Yes. Mm -hmm. So would that kind of thing be suitable? Because I know there are a lot of, um, uh, what would you call them? Like um, where a lot of children who um, are mm -hmm. autistic can't handle, they have, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? There's a lot of sensory problems. Yes, thank you. Sensory problems. I couldn't think about it. So (laughs) would that be helpful for a child who just can't manage the feel of toothpaste, for example, or the brushing or the sound from it? So they could use your light brush as a great alternative. um, It's a pain-free, water-free, bristleless device. It's designed to allow the lights to affect a cell and, you know, bacteria as a cell. So it will allow for uh, for less opportunity for that type of bacteria to, to contaminate the cavity. Beautiful. I think that I think that's uh, something we should be getting for Christmas whenever or whatever holiday we, the president celebrates. Awesome. Well, um, I let me ask you, I, we're nearing the end of our time. So I always have two questions that I ask each guest. So the first one is, if you had an opportunity to put up a billboard for your you know, message, what you're thinking, what would you put on that billboard? Again, knowing, you know, a billboard, it's pretty small in the big scheme of things and people drive by quickly. Given all of that, what would you put on a billboard? So what I would put on the billboard is actually what you see behind me. <laughs> so this is, it's a, it's suggesting that we are in control of the teeth that we want to keep. So we get to choose which ones we want. And, you know, we kind of focus a lot on this beautiful smile, but you really have to look past the smile and the teeth are only going to be as healthy as its environment. So how healthy are the gums? How healthy are the, how healthy is the tongue? How hydrated is your throat? So, you know, if we kind of look past that smile and, and really take a look at what's housing, you know, what's housing the tooth, we, we really need to be paying attention more to those things versus this to get those pearly whites. Right, right. So, it, and it does say we select, we choose, right? Right. So we get to choose which ones we want. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, it's so funny too, because I, as I'm listening to what you're saying, um, we do focus on the, the form, right? How it looks, the aesthetic right. piece. Um, and sometimes that can leave us to ignore the, fu- the function part of it. But what's interesting is if we do indeed pay, to the, pay attention to the function and get that health aspect in there and really maintain mm-hmm. the health of the oral cavity, we will have better form. We will look better anyway because we'll be healthier from the inside out truly. So I think right, it's a great correct. one. And I, I love when I, if people are, are happen to be watching this on my YouTube channel, they'll see it behind you and you, and it, it's a beautiful smile, but it is missing one tooth. So that's such an important kind of, you know, point to make. We What's do perspective, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, great. And then the last thing that I would like to ask you then is mm-hmm. how would somebody connect with you, Judy? Sure, absolutely. So you can just reach me on my website called it's www.lightbrushdental.com. All right. I will put that in the show notes for sure. So people can reach out to you, especially to get one of your light brushes. There are, <laughs> what will you be? Uh, when do you think they'll be available? So we're still in the patent process and we're looking forward to hearing back from them pretty quickly. Oh, good. Well, hopefully you'll have it available for people, which would be wonderful. Yes, it would be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for coming on to the Counterfeit Sleep podcast. Today. This has been a really enlightening conversation. So many of the things you said were things that I never even thought about, even though I'm in this space. So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a joy talking with you. Same here. Thanks. <laughs> All right, take care. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today 
Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.